guys, my name is Grace, and you're listening to the first episode of Dream Green. So, I wanted to start off this podcast by saying, this new year of 2020 has not started off the greatest, but I hope to lighten up your day by just talking to you about some hopeful things that we can do for our environment. I'll start off today by introducing our topic. Today, we will be talking about bees! (laughs) So I know bees are not really the topic to lighten everyone's mood. A lot of times bees are portrayed as attackers or the inflictors of pain on humans. But I hope to change your opinion on them today. At my school, we have an area right outside the school which is used for students who want to just have a breath of fresh air while they eat their lunch. So One day, my friends and I decided it's a nice day, why don't we just go outside and enjoy our lunches very peacefully with some outside fresh air. So we go out there and it is in the springtime, so there are bees and they are everywhere. (laughs) They're on our lunches, they're on our water bottles, everyone is kind of freaking out because everyone out there is kind of a little bit afraid of bees. Me, I'm cautious of them, but not really afraid, because in my experience, if you don't bother a bee and you stay calm and collected, they will not bother you. They are not attackers, they are defenders, and if you attack them first, they're going to act in self-defense and sting you. So, we calmly, well, as calmly as we could, (laughs) grabbed our things and went inside, but that made me wondering... For the people who were swatting at those bees and the bees chasing them back, what happened if they actually did manage to kill those bees? How much impact does one bee have on our environment? So, being me, I looked it up and I found out that one bee can pollinate as many as 5,000 flowers in a day. In one day. Crazy, right? So by killing one bee, you could leave 5,000 flowers unpollinated. One bee has that much of an impact and it really changed how I saw the importance of every single bee. And as I got looking into it, I remembered some experiences that I had at a camp, a summer camp I went to a few years ago. And at this camp, we, you know, we had a fun bus ride there and it was a camp up in Wisconsin, so pretty long drive. But when we got there, it was kind of foggy and no one really cared that much because we were all stuck in the excitement from just getting off the bus and being able to find new friends and hopefully have fun with our counselors. So we got there and we realized it's so foggy and um, I kind of realized that some kids were having, you know, stuffy noses, and I was like, great, I'm in a camp with tons of sick people. So, later that night, we were just talking to our counselors, and they explained that this fog isn't really fog. It's actually loose pollen in the air. Wisconsin has a great issue with, I shouldn't say great, <laughs> Wisconsin has a enormous issue with the bee population very fastly decreasing and this is causing pollen to gather in the air and create this like fog-like mass in the air in the mornings and in the evenings so i was really shocked and so were my cabin mates something as small as pollen 
could show up in as big of a quantity as it did. And that wasn't all. Throughout the trip, we had many lessons on how much bees really do have an important impact on the environment. For example, one of the days we were at camp, we went out on kayaks to camp on this little island in the middle of the lake. Once we got to the beachy area of the island, my counselor kind of disappeared for a bit and she came back with something in her hands and we were all, you know, very curious trying to, you know, guess what she had in her hands and we figured out it was actually a little tiny bee. And, you know, some of us were freaking out because she was literally holding a bee in her hands, but when we looked at it, it was the saddest thing ever because the bee was on the verge of dying, like probably a few minutes away because it looked so dehydrated and just lethargic and the poor little thing was just like on its way out really and uh, we all got to like hold it in our hands and he was just, you know, crawling around and that kind of made me realize how cute bees really are and we ended up talking that night about how important bees are to our environment. And when it got around midnight, I realized I don't really know what pollination really consists of because, you know, I, as a kid, watched Wild Kratts and I loved that show to death. They did have an episode on bees and I didn't really remember all of it. So when I got home, I looked up the process of pollination. So what I learned was the bee is actually going for the nectar inside the flower. And in the process, the flower and the bee kind of have a symbiotic relationship because the bee ends up pollinating the flower, which by pollinating, we mean that the, f the bee will fly into the flower, collect the nectar, which is what its goal is, and in the process, the flower will disperse pollen on the bee. Pollen contains basically what they need to reproduce. And while the bee is flying everywhere trying to collect nectar from 5,000 flowers a day, the pollen gets spread across miles and miles of territory. While we're talking about pollination, I want to squeeze in a quick fun fact. Bees pollinate the vast majority of plants we eat, from apples to almonds. And, of course, they make our honey. Did you know bees contribute almost $20 billion to the value of U.S. crops? And over a third of global crops are dependent on bees. That's really cool. And the reason I bring this up is to show you with numbers how important bees are. Not just to our environment, but to us as well. You may or may not know this, but bees are disappearing. And there's a few reasons for that. One of them being the excessive use of pesticides and insecticides, and also parasites. The rapid decline in the bee population is what scientists call colony collapse disorder. And what it is is basically just a word for the massive decline in population that bees go through. And once I learned about the colony collapse disorder, I really wondered, what if they disappeared? What would happen to us? 
if one third of our global crops are dependent on bees, how are we supposed to feed the global population when there are so many hungry people as it is? Luckily, there are groups raising awareness for this. Recently, there was an Iowa native bee challenge, and that challenge involved school kids to really pay attention to the native bees and help them as much as they could. So how can you help? My advice is to do research. Sometimes something as simple as knowing what you're talking about can really help. It can help spread the word and more people will be able to know what's happening to these bees and why it is so important to keep them alive. Some things you could do at home is to create a bee-friendly garden. So all you have to do is to create a bee-friendly garden is to create a bee bath. Basically, if you have a bowl or a, you know, flat dish that has lifted sides, kind of like a dog dish, put water in it and leave it outside. This is not only good for bees, but all the wildlife in your area. After you do that, some great ideas of how to do research is to find some great documentaries to watch. And these documentaries you can watch with family, friends, or whoever you want to watch with. Some great documentaries that are about bees and will help you learn more about bees would be More Than Honey, Queen of the Sun, or Vanishing of the Bees. Moving on to some recent news, scientists have already found a way to use wind as a renewable energy source, but now they're in the process of harnessing blue energy, or osmotic energy. Blue energy is produced by differences in pressure and salinity between freshwater and saltwater. This can be used to generate electricity. Moving on to some other news, a while ago we discovered that a certain species of mealworm can eat plastic. Now scientists have found out that they can digest styrofoam too. This is a huge discovery because these materials can take millions of years to decompose. This way, they can be dissolved in a matter of days. Finally, let's move on to our youth spotlight. Today's spotlight goes to Michaela Umler. She was stung twice in one week by bees, but instead of developing a phobia for the creatures, she learned about them. Upon learning about the colony collapse disorder, she was determined to do something about it. She created Me and the Bees Lemonade, raising money and awareness about bees around the world. Keep in mind, when she started this business, she was only four years old. Now at age 14, you can find Michaela leading workshops on how to save the honeybees and participating in social entrepreneurship panels. To find out more, I'll link her website down in the description. Now it's time to conclude our first episode of Dream Green. I hope you had fun, and I'll see you next time. Bye!